1: subscribe to the hit that line podcast network brought to you by Breedon rv center Breeden rv center family owned and operated a no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, TI.
2: I'm high, well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young.
3: Kudos for naming your son Ty, T-Y-E, just like I spell my name.
1: There aren't
2: many T-Y-E's out there. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it.
4: The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot.
2: almost as pleasant as this 80 degree weather ty's been gone it's just been me and chuck i think we've held down the fort all right chuck how are you this morning i'm doing well
4: you know i thought yesterday somebody i guess i was on with Derek and zach and they brought up ty and i thought yeah ty hadn't been here this week has he
2: you just now noticed (laughs) no
4: i'm kidding i hope he's had a great time he's been down on the the back half of that vacation you know when you're when you get to the last two or three days of that vacation, it's like, man, I'm enjoying this vacation, but it's almost over. So I'm sure he's thinking about that too.
2: I'm, I, I bet he. Uh, I don't know if he's had a, if he's drawn a sober breath in the last four or five days, but I guess we'll, we'll probably find out more to tell than we want on Monday. Hey, does I'm your sure business, right. does your business's website look like it was built in the late '90s and needs some massive updating, or maybe you're not getting the new leads and the customers you need. Uh, to make your business successful in its early stages even. Even if you've got a brand new business, you need a great-looking website to get you off the ground. For $95 a month, Matchstick Studios can give you one with all the bells and whistles, with no other upfront cost, and you can see examples of what I'm talking about at ModularOrange.com. Now, this can happen in days. If you probably visited with someone there, they'll tell you it's going to take them three months to get this thing done. I can get this done in days, in, you know, short amount of time compared to what you've probably been quoted elsewhere. 479-755-3043. At 755-3043. Or check out examples of what we're talking about at ModularOrange.com. Uh, one week from tomorrow, Chuck, I know you're starting to get ready for the broadcast. It's going to be a You know, a mock walkthrough tonight, kind of get everybody acclimated to what game day is like up there. And then uh, Sam Pittman said they're going to have a little more physical practice on Saturday.
4: Yeah, you know, he said they've got some guys banged up, you know, here and there. Just, you know, the the bumps and bruises that come with all this. Um, And I think he'd like to give them an extra day, Uh, particularly maybe some of the guys that, they're still trying to figure out his backups. Uh, that's kind of what it sounded like to me. They're, they're going to do the mock game tonight. And, you know, when you talk about a mock game, you know, I've, I've been to a few of these. And, um, you know, a lot of this involves simple things that we take for granted, like, you know, being in the right spot on the sidelines or, you know, getting to your spot on the sidelines, simple things <laughs> like running through the A and where, you know, where are all the new coaches going to sit? Um, you know, where's everybody going to be? How are they going to communicate? That's a lot of the stuff that goes on in a mock game. And they'll do things, they'll work on situations like, um, you know, you've just taken a safety and you got a kickoff or you got a free kick. Um, They work on things like that. And so, you know, to sit there and say, oh, they're going to play, you know, they're going to play four quarters and have a mock game. It's not really like that. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that, they will do obviously in relation to the game, but a lot of that stuff is just um making sure everybody knows where to go because hey, you know, you can say whatever you want to say, but that adrenaline's gonna be flowing next Saturday night and guys are gonna run out of that locker room and they're gonna have no idea where they're going. So that's just kinda how it works. You wanna make sure everybody knows exactly what the deal is.
2: I know one of the interesting things and we, we take it for granted with the coaches, you you bring up the coaches there. Sam Piven yesterday said, Hey, we even got to get the, the, the uh, energy level right and, and everything right with Deke Adams and, and Dominic Bowman, two of the new coaches on the staff. You know, getting their, getting their level of energy at the right uh, keeled off uh, point. So even the, even the coaches probably need a little tempering down on, on game day sometimes.
4: Well, everybody's got to feel comfortable in their setting yeah. before they do their best work. I mean, whether it's us or them or anybody listening right now, you go to work. Um, you got to get in your setting, you know, you got to get in your spot before you really do your best stuff. And for new guys, I mean, they got to get in that setting and Mm -hmm. find their spot pretty quick. And so
2: this is part of that. Yeah. One, you know, I think we're all under the assumption that most of the depth chart is set. We know the starters, we, we know a lot of the number twos, but one area that is still kind of up in the air, and he talked about this yesterday, was at the corners. Let's let's hear what Coach said yesterday about the battle that's still going on, and guys that have just been banged up trying to figure out that second corner starting spot.
5: We've got three that we trust going in there. I, one of the spots I I couldn't tell you who would run out there at corner today, there's three of them, you know, with Nudie, Day-Day, and Malik. We've got to find that guy. We're, we're confident in all those guys, but we've got to find that guy. It's more important to the kids who runs out there the first time, honestly, than it is to the coaches. But we got to—if they're that close—but uh, we've got to make that decision here sometime, Monday or Tuesday, I would guess.
2: You know, last year at linebacker, Chuck, they really had three starters for two spots. It sounds to me, once everyone's healthy, they may have. Um, some guys they can trust to be at the same level as the starters and have some, some depth that you can count on in that secondary.
4: Well, I think they've got real depth there. I think it's the deepest it's been in many years in terms of guys that you can, uh, you can run out there. Um, you know, and the corners are certainly part of that. You know, old Hudson Clark, um, you know, he had that ball game against Ole Miss, uh, but I think a lot of times everybody's like, well, somebody's going to beat out Hudson Clark. Somebody's going to beat him out. But he's still out there, and he still, generally speaking, runs with the ones. Uh, so you know, I would expect Hudson Clark to be out there. Frankly, um, you know, uh, Ladarius Bishop's a good player. He's been around a while. McLaughlin's a guy that's transferred in from LSU, and you know that's not easy to do. I've been kind of keeping up with Fouché and Brooks down there at LSU. It looks like they're going to start. So kudos to them because it's and 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 certainly. You know, McLaughlin, you come into a new system, um, you know, I, I don't care how good you are, how much you've played. You still got to feel your way through that. So he's done a good job there. And, you know, Chavis is a good player. Kyrie Johnson's a good player. So they got a lot of candidates there. And I do think they're deeper at the corners, and I think they're deeper at the safety spots, certainly, than they've been in the last, you know, six seven years.
2: And when you say Miles Slusher's kind of the utility guy, he's he's one they can move around, but probably put him in that nickel package. But someone that maybe could play multiple positions back there.
4: Yeah, I mean, and he has played multiple yeah. positions, yeah. and and you know, he's uh, uh, you know, nickels really kind of new for him. But uh, Slusher's a good player. he has got good hands, um, good instincts. Uh, you may still see him in some some aspect in special teams at some point. Uh, slushers a guy they got a lot of confidence in
2: wednesday night you and coach uh, were visiting on the coaches show and we talked about this for a minute when you were on yesterday but the audience in, at this point in the show may be different than who was listening in the eight o'clock hour yesterday i want to bring it back because you know we think in the summertime hey these guys are out there throwing a million routes and a th- million passes today and running all these routes and getting all this timing down and man the coaches got to love that stuff and you brought that up with coach on wednesday night at the catfish hole and uh, I, I thought his response was was interesting. Here's what he said to your question about uh, creating all the, the timing and all the habits in the summer.
5: We're not trying to win the game in the summer. We're not trying to. We want to win the game with the 25 practices. A lot of times you can practice so much in the summer that you're war plumb out by the time your first practice comes to get ready for the game. So we're very conscious about that. We want to peak when we run out there against Cincinnati. I think the trust, and, and they do throw some in the summer. I'm not saying that. But we don't do more than one seven on seven a week, where a lot of schools will do two, some three, things of that nature. Again, we're not out there, so you can develop a whole summer of bad habits, and nobody can coach it out of them. Well, by the time you get to fall camp, you've had, if you're doing it a whole bunch, you've had eight solid weeks of bad habits. Now you got to spend the first two or three breaking it. We like to give them rain to do whatever they want to. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. But we also we don't want those bad habits to start in the summer.
2: Chuck, the only way I know to equate this that I can really understand is this is me going to the driving range and grooving a bad swing that the pros got to come in and fix at some point. He doesn't want these guys out there grooving bad habits that they got. to, Like you said, spend the first couple of weeks of of training camp. So I think sometimes we put a lot of value on what happens in the summer. I, I thought he shed some light with you on that that topic uh, on Wednesday night
4: yeah i thought that was a good answer and he went on to say you know that um that's why they call me coach yeah i mean he said that at one place that's why they call me coach that's why they call the other guys coaches uh because we coach them and you know you want to be able to be hands-on and you want to coach them and you want to be there to do all that stuff i i thought it was an interesting answer it kind of reminded me you talked about golf a minute ago yeah you know us weekend players we'll go out and maybe the first two or three holes you know until we get good and warmed up mm-hmm. i mean we're slow balls right down the middle swing slow you know then about the fourth hole all those bad habits start coming back start swinging a little bit harder and yeah. you know every, everything goes to you know goes the other way let's
2: goes just put, put it that yeah. way speaking of coaches um i don't know if you were listening earlier we're talking about courtney difel and um i think it's really i mean really interesting here that, that the university who has not had a long history of reputation of stepping up in the non-revenue sports and awarding nice size contracts have, have, have put her on lockdown more or less with a great contract with retention bonuses uh she's the one that's built this program chuck i, I think it's really interesting the, the commitment that the uh, that hunter your check and the athletic department's made to her to to keep her here considering that uh I don't think the average fan really understands where this program truly was before she arrived.
4: Well, you know, this is the nice dividend of having a great TV deal for the Southeastern Conference in football because uh, you've got plenty of money to spend. And when you have someone like Courtney Diefel, you're able to lock her up. And um, I think she's really done one of the more remarkable jobs that we've seen done in any sport at the University of Arkansas. And I've been here a long time. and. Um, It's been interesting to watch the softball program grow. I'll tell you what I've noticed the last couple of years, and I think this is going to be her value, not just to the Razorbacks, but to our state. I think she's going and already has, uh, but it will continue to, to elevate the sport in much the same way that I think Dave Van Horn has elevated the sport of baseball. To me, Dave Van Horn's legacy is not going to be how many games he's won with the Razorbacks. It's how he elevated the sport in our state. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that Courtney Diefel is doing the same thing. If you go to those games, you are going to notice that our softball program has a following among young female Razorback fans, softball players, That I don't think we as grown men understand. Um, There is a, and I'm not going to use the word or, or the term cult following, but there is a real following for Courtney and our softball program among young ladies in our state who play that sport. Being perfectly candid, I think if more sports people on radio and television were women, we'd be hearing more about it. I think as guys, and, and I'll admit I'm in this category, you know, I think as guys, we think of softball as, as less than baseball. Um, we think of the church league. You know, we think of the, 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 the Bush-like classic where, you, you know, you see how many beers you can drink during the course of the day and still play eight games, and you softball guys know what I'm talking about. That's what we think about. But I think young women in our state, view this entirely differently than what a lot of guys view this. Um, She is building a following. She is elevating the sport. Whatever they're paying her is not enough. And um, it's nice to be in the SEC. They wouldn't have gotten her from California, which is like the holy land for softball. They wouldn't have gotten her if they hadn't had SEC money. I doubt they'd be keeping her if they didn't have Mm -hmm. the sec money this is a dividend of playing in this conference and um you know everybody throws the phrase around we got the best coach in the country sometimes you do sometimes you don't um i'm not sure she's not I, i mean uh and when you look at the way she carries herself the way that program carries themselves if you watched them on tv in the ncaa tournament i remember when they won the championship or the conference championship and They were doing the interview with her. And, I mean, how could you not be proud to be from Arkansas? I mean, how could you not be proud to be from Arkansas? So I think she's just done a remarkable job. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know, I'm like a lot of people, I think. I'm really happy for them. I I I pay attention to them now. I can't name you their lineup. I'm not going to lie to you. But, you know, you know good work when you see it. And it's not just about the winning, although, you know, that's what people notice first. But uh, she's doing things for her sport. That um, I think are going to have a lasting effect in our
2: state. You, you do the the comparison to Dave Van Horn, and there's no question the way he's elevated that sport. She's doing the same for softball. But with all due respect to Dave Van Horn, he took over a much much oh, better absolutely. situation. I mean, oh, Arkansas was terrible. While while he has elevated the baseball program exponentially, there was. No, Basically no softball, softball program. It may be Here's worse the than, difference,
4: though. Yeah. Here is the difference, and it's helped baseball as we've gone along. But, um, you know, other conferences just don't have the money yeah. to invest in softball the way the SEC does. The Big Ten's got the money, but it's kind of like baseball. It's hard to play a softball game in that climate. Yeah. You know, it's hard to get a full season in in that climate. You look at California, Look, you look at the Pac-12, and you look at the SEC – those are the places where you can, you know, really get the games in, so to speak. And in the SEC, they spend more money. They got more money to spend than the Pac-12 does in the West Coast schools. And, um, you know, we focus on football and men's basketball, and that's understandable. But those deals that those sports have are what allows you to keep the best coaches in the other sports. And you know, you, you've got to give Hunter some credit. I mean, you, you you can't just say, all right, we're going to pay you more than everybody else, and that automatically means you're going to stay. you got to create a climate, and he has done that. And, um, you know, part of being an AD is keeping the good ones you have.
2: And, boy, she's about as good as that guy. Mm-hmm. 6.45 here on the Morning Rush. Speaking of money, let me bring Jerry Jones into the conversation. The, uh, the Cowboys are getting ready to play Seattle tonight, preseason game. Stephen A. Smith, I think we all know and, and love, uh, he, very opinionated, hates the Cowboys, or at least that's his persona. So he's doing first take yesterday down at the Star in Frisco, and well, Jerry can't help himself. He's, he's on the set, and him and Stephen A. had a great This is a little bit long, but it's worth it. Stay with me to the end. We're going to have some fun with Stephen A. and Jerry Jones yesterday.
1: I don't agree with some people who in the past have been critical of you. Because I've got to tell you something. I actually like the talent that you've accumulated on this roster over the years. I can there have been several occasions where I have looked at this roster and I said, There's no excuse why you shouldn't be a championship contender. You've got the owner, you've got the facilities, you've got the players. The problem of these damn fans here, right here, <laughs> if we have if we have any idea. <laughs> well what's going on? Get <laughs> my... hey, Jerry out of his oh. chair. Oh. The bad that's you know. his state. All right. that's your state. Now, you say that's Jerry out of your you back. back. It's not the players. It's not you. It's them. Every time they the more they talk, the more bad luck comes your way. If, oh, they, come if, they, if on, they if they if they be quiet, on, maybe I, you'll have some good you know what? what? Jerry Did you know? I've heard heard it. I heard it. I heard it before. That
5: stuff coming out of Stephen A., they're the ones that said you couldn't have something like the star.
1: See? See? They always say that, Stephen A. always. When you're not there, but let me tell you what they do. They come on around, you know you've been talking about it. When we do make us some of that success. My friend, Stephen A. And I want him there, the prodigal son. I'll have him right <laughs> in. I'll bring him right back in. i will receive you now. What are you talking about specifically? What are you trying to say, Jerry? Well, what I'm saying is deep down you're a fraud. You're a real cowboy. <laughs>
4: you know, back in the day. When the Cowboys were good, and I'm a Cowboy fan, I don't say it as boastfully as I once did, but when they were good, you'd always say there's two kinds of fans cowboys fans and those who wish they were (laughs) i don't know that it really works right now i think that's kind of what jerry was trying to say but uh it doesn't hold quite as much water as it did way back when
2: you talk about that was about as entertaining a two minutes as i had yesterday watching i watched that thing three or four times and just the smirk on his face when that crowd's hollering jerry jerry and and but you're a fraud (laughs) you know you're really a cowboys fan And, and Stephen a played it perfect he grabbed us like, like like Fred Sanford, you know, like Elizabeth was coming. I'm coming to join you. <laughs> it was, He's uh, a great entertainer. Oh, Love
4: him or hate him. Oh. Love him or hate him. And I know there's plenty in both camps. Stephen A. is a great entertainer.
2: Yeah. Well, the Cowboys starting to have injuries. Uh, you know, lost the left tackle in Smith. And, uh, you know, they're starting to have some problems there with their roster. And uh, he was talking also uh, kind of in his visit on first take about about Zeke and having him back and, and Dak and maybe him not having to carry the whole load. I, you know. I don't know. Every year the, the Cowboys seem to think it's their year. I don't know if this is their year, but uh, I do think they can that win that NFC least.
4: Jerry sells hope better than anybody who's ever taken a breath. And um, every year we're all hopeful. Mm-hmm. I got to admit, I'm getting a little cynical about it. I, uh, um, I'm kind of at the point with them where, you know, get back to me when you're when you're back in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I watch them, I pull for them. I'm a Jerry Jones fan, Cowboy fan, but um, whatever they've been doing,
2: um, they've been keeping score on the wrong scoreboard. They got spoiled in the '90s, is what happened. I mean, you know, three Super Bowls and all the success. Michael, you heard Michael Irving in the in the background there, and you know him part of that big trifecta there with Aikman and Emmitt and. Emmett in, um, you know, it's just hard to rebuild Camelot. And I think that's what they've been trying to do is figure out a way to get back to that. And uh, they're going about it with the wrong recipe. They've
4: signed the wrong guys. I mean, this is pro football. You know, you have the opportunity to assimilate your roster. It doesn't mean, you know, you always have the best choices of everybody you want. It's not like a fantasy football league. But, um, you know, they've just made the wrong choices on personnel. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Yeah.
2: Brought to you by the Booyah Bait Company this morning. It's made right here in Arkansas. The hottest swimming jig on the Arkansas River right now is the Booyah Mobster. It's designed by the Muddy Water Mob, locally right here in Arkansas and Oklahoma. It'll help you win tournaments. They've been winning tournaments all the time with the Booyah Mobster on Dardanelle and Kerr Lake like clockwork. So if you're going to be on the river or on one of these lakes that have uh, submerged dramatic grass, you need the Booyah Mobster to help you reel them in. It's available. At lurenet.com and tackle stores all over Arkansas and Oklahoma, it's the Booyah Mobster. Chuck, you're going to be in Fort Smith later today uh, talking to the Fort Smith Razorback Club. And I know if uh, people are listening this morning down in Fort Smith, they can come out and, uh, and uh, shake your hand, meet you, and you'll be there for lunch today at uh, Hearts Gravel Country Club. I think they can still get tickets at the door.
4: I will be there shortly before noon. Start at noon. Gonna make a little jaunt to the fort today and looking forward to it. That's a
2: great club. I've always enjoyed speaking there. Yeah, you, know, you know, just this is the time of year. Everybody's, you know, you know, ready to rub elbows and talk about it. And, you know, I know you get it a lot more than the rest of us, but uh, you know, that's that's the first question in most of these conversations you're rekindling this year is, Hey, what do you think about the season? What do you think about the team? What do you th-? you know, it's always it always comes back to that.
4: It, it, you know, it, it starts about the 1st of July. Yeah, you know, I can just tell you in my interactions, and I'm sure it's similar for you. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just, uh, you have the 1st of July, that calendar flips, and people are like, so how the Hogs going to be this year? we going to be good this year? Are we going to be any good this year? Same thing every season. Yeah,
2: and the questions this year, and I'm sure it's the same for you, that a lot more about K.J. Jefferson. I, I think this fan base is really locked into this guy. I mean, I think they, you know, he proved himself a winner. To, to the masses last year and the, and the way that this uh, program turned around from where it'd been to, to nine wins. And I'm sure you're getting a lot of the same stuff, but what it, it always comes back to KJ in the first few, uh, f- first few moments of any conversation. Well,
4: he's the guy, he's the quarterback, and he's the one that people are always going to be watching. And when a fan base believes in their quarterback, believes in their head coach, they're raring and ready to go. And that's where we are right now. <laughs>
3: make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BELIEVE B L E A V 50. That's BELIEVE B L E A V 50. Bet online. Where the game starts.
0: First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender.
1: You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories.
2: brought to you by burton pools and spas the inventory reduction sale is continuing for one more weekend at burton pools and spas savings up to seven thousand dollars off on fiberglass in ground pools plus burton's will upgrade you to a free saltwater generator or two ledge loungers and they've got six different in-ground fiberglass models for you to choose from. So get to Burton Pools and Spas before the weekend closes. They're in Springdale and in Fort Smith. You can always see what I'm talking about online at BurtonPools.com. We were looking at the depth chart a minute ago. and. Chuck, I think maybe some of this ties together on a few things. We looked at the offense. It's time for our Morning Rush Daily Question, and it is brought to you by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. You can log on at redriverdodge.com. Which true freshman will have the greatest impact on this season? Who and why? You know, when we were talking about that depth chart with the offense, it's a lot of juniors and seniors that are starting, in our estimate and our best guesses. Um, we feel pretty good about that offensive line and we feel pretty good about, you know, where you're at in the the specialist. There's not a lot of freshmen that mix in there, but you heard coach at the top of the hour talking with Bob Holt there about the special teams. And, uh, while I think a guy like an Isaiah Satanga can maybe find some, some roles that he can play as a wide receiver, his, his best role for this team. And maybe some of the other young players will be on special teams.
4: Well, I thought, to me, you know, everybody kind of focused on the humorous aspect of Bob's exchange with Sam Pittman, but I thought that was the most interesting thing that came out of the press conference yesterday. Uh, When you talk about who's going to run out there first, uh, what freshmen are going to have impact, this is where the action is. Special teams is where the action is. And, you know, uh, Bob mentioned a name that I'll bet nobody noticed at the top of the hour. He said Eli Stein. Mm Mm-hmm. Eli Stein is a true freshman long snapper from Cambridge, Wisconsin. If he snaps it over the punter's head, he's going to be the most impactful freshman that day. <laughs> yeah. um, that's just the truth.
1: Yeah, I did um, think of it that way. And, yeah.
4: and um, you know, if, if, if this guy can – and look, I've always maintained that is a uh, – that's a thankless job, man. I mean, you, you know, if the snap's perfect, nobody notices. It's supposed to be perfect. But if you, uh, if you screw it up, you know, I mean, you're on an island for the rest of the day. And I'll tell you another freshman. It's this punter from Australia, Max Fletcher. Mm-hmm. This is the one spot. There's two spots out there that I'm, 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 I'm a little unclear on. Who's going to punt and who's going to handle the kickoff chores. Um, Max Fletcher's a freshman from Australia. Now, Reed Bauer had a really good year last year. I mean, he had a really good year last year. So-so the year before, but he had a good year last year. You look at the net, you look at all the things that factor into what really makes a good punter, he had a good year. But I'm going to tell you, as Coach Pittman said Wednesday night, I mean, Fletcher's kicking it back to Australia. I mean, uh, this guy booms it. And I'm not sure who's going to be the guy. I think both of them are probably going to play. I also wonder, and he's not a freshman, but a um, kid named Jake Bates. He started at UCA, went down to San Marcos, played at Texas State. He may be the guy that handles the kickoffs. Um, you know, Calvaruso left, and, um, you know, they've, they've you know, little, little can kick it. You know, the reason Calvaruso left, I think, ultimately was you got to decide. Um, you know, a lot of coaches face this situation. Do I put a guy on scholarship who can kick it eight yards deep, or I keep, or do I keep a guy who's not on scholarship who can kick it five yards deep? Either way, you got a touchback. Yeah. And um, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I think Bates could end up being the kickoff guy. Little could be the kickoff guy. Satania maybe. I don't know if he's going to be the first team punt returner, but he's going to get some chances there. I think when you look at that unit you talk about which freshman or which freshman's going to have the biggest impact I'm inclined to
2: think it comes from that group I heard Scott Fountain uh, when he visited with the media sound 10 days ago or so that I think they really would prefer if they can find someone they truly trust and I think Sam has also said this as well they'd prefer Cam Little to not be the kickoff guy because they'd like to save that leg and you know not put any more wear and tear on it if you will so I, They'd like for Bates to and they've even I even heard remember the name Blake Ford being a, another name they mentioned in that role, but haven't heard as much in the last few days but Chuck, I get the sense they'd really like for Cam Little not to do the kickoffs not because they don't trust him they'd just rather have his leg you know as fresh as it can be for you know important end of game place kicking situations.
4: Well, maybe so, maybe so. I mean you want the guy who can there's times you want a touchback there's times you want to you know, kick it over by the pylon, try to keep them inside the 20. There's just different situations. There's times you got to kick it on the ground. Um, all those things will come into play. But, you know, when I look at those spots, um, I kind of think it may be Bryce Stevens as the, as the first-team punt
2: returner. I mean, we'll have to see. But I think Satania will get some chances there. And, you know, you run through a pretty good list of young players. And it. And you may know the, the rest of this story when – talk about the max fletcher's got a what is it a brother that's on cincinnati's team as well and the parents are coming over i don't know if you i, I shouldn't have just sprung that i'm on you, sure
4: but, well no i'm sure for them that that will be a huge day yeah i mean, uh, I mean you, you know you think about something like that and you know they're so it's like they're, a
2: coincidental tie to this game yeah, you know and
4: and and i'm sure for that family it's yeah. probably the you know this the biggest day of their lives
2: yeah i mean just it's one of the interesting subplots i guess for for next week. But Satania I, I, is interesting to me uh, you know, because we know about his speed. We know about, you know, what kind of player we believe he'll become in his sophomore and junior years. And, you know, I don't know if the comparison to Burks will be there. He's not physically the same guy, but man, the guy can flat scoot and talk about an impact, you know, and talk about changing a game. You know, you mentioned the, you know, the unfortunate happens with a bad snap. Well, We've also seen the, the opposite side. The other part of that edge is you get a long punt return or a long kick return for a score, you, you gratefully impact the game. And Satania's one of those guys, if he can get a crease and find, find some room, he's got the speed to, to scoot and get going.
4: Oh, he can, uh, he can be an impactful player, and I think that's where probably initially you're going to see his most impact. I mean, I, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, here in a few weeks, Joe Adams is going to be inducted into the U of A Sports Hall of Honor. Joe Adams affected the game in a lot of ways, but what play do we remember? We remember the punt return against mm-hmm. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's 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 his you know that's his signature play, and it happened in special teams. And um, you know, Satania can be that kind of guy. I I'll, I'll give him this: any freshman that weighs 170 pounds and says, "Yeah, I'll wear Burks' number," <laughs> um, you know. He's, he's he's got a little bit to him there, and you got to respect that.
2: It's a little bit like uh, wearing five back in the day if you were running back, and you know,
4: yeah. it, it, that, times passed now. But yeah. I could well, I mean, Rocket I think Tremaine Thomas, Thomas it, wore it on but, defense yeah. after yeah. D-Mac left, and nobody wore it on offense. Maybe it'll Raheem Boyd. Did anybody wear it on offense
2: until Boyd? I'm not sure they did. Yeah, Rocket Sanders uh, yeah, has it on now. now. All right, so we kind of went through some of the starting spots. You did a great job of kind of where everything. Sits in your estimate on special teams. We went through the offense. I think, I think it's just pretty obvious if you paid attention to just what's going on the last week. I think in, on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot more questions. Uh, Coach Pittman talked yesterday. That second corner spot in the secondary still up for grabs. Here's what he said yesterday about three guys that are bidding for the job, but hadn't necessarily been healthy. The last couple of weeks.
5: We've got three that we trust going in there. I One of the spots I I couldn't tell you who would run out there at corner today, there's three of them, you know, with Nudie, Day-Day, and Malik. We've got to find that guy. We're, we're confident in all those guys, but we've got to find that guy. It's more important to the kids who runs out there the first time, honestly, than it is to the coaches. But we got to, if they're that close, uh, but we've got to make that decision here. Sometime Monday or Tuesday, I would guess.
2: You know, on the defense it's somewhat like offense. Depends on which personnel grouping, as we call it on offense, that, that who's who's in there at the moment. You got a little bit of that with whether you're playing nickel or you're going four down or three down up front, but when you look to that secondary, obviously Jalen Catalan's the easiest call on the defense, maybe right there with Bumper Pool at linebacker who's going to start, uh, looks like Simeon Blair from what they've said and then we talk about that other corner on the other side and those are your safeties, Blair and Catalan. You look at those corners, though, and that's the he's talking about. Hudson Clark, I think, would be one. We spoke about that a little bit earlier. Uh, these injuries have really affected the way they practiced is kind of the, the the theme of what he got into in some of that conversation yesterday, Chuck.
4: Well, and they're deep enough in that spot, though, where I think they're still able to, you know, they're able to get done everything they need to get done. There's, there's, you know, there's not going to be a lot of drop-off. I don't think among any of those 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 guys, I mean, I, I've um, I believe right now when you know when we line up, I mean, you know, when you look at the personnel, uh, not too deep at every spot, but um, I think that's a spot where they've got a chance to be good. I I, th- I think that um, um, I'm not concerned, frankly, about our secondary in terms of you know, what you traditionally call pass coverage, mm-hmm. things like that. I think, I think they're going to be fine in that. You know, the, you're going to face teams that are going to try to gash you in the running game. and um, You know, you don't want a lot of those guys to have to make a whole bunch of tackles back there. But um, to me, when I look at the defense, that's, that's, that's what it boils down to to me is, is um, how's this defensive line going to hold up? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to be able to stop the run? Because I really think personnel-wise in the secondary, they've if they can get the other guys in the right situations, um, I think these guys can make some plays.
2: And that's one reason I was kind of going back to front. We I think we're pretty well set with your linebackers. At least two will start. And that's Bumper Pool and, and Drew Sanders, the transfer from from Alabama, who's uh, just shown, shown extraordinary speed uh, from the second level of the defense. Maybe Poop Paul and Jackson Woodard. Um, be your be your number twos there, but it's that front line where you, you kind of head there with the conversation. Where I think the maybe the biggest question marks on the team, and you got to have that rotation. And um, you know they like Isaiah Nichols to be the leader up front, but I think you're right, Chuck. It's it's whether or not they can shut down A and B gap, and whether or not teams are going to find success. Just you know, death by a thousand cuts. Five yards, five yards, five yards, and you're just out there all day.
4: Well, everybody that's talking about their team right now saying the same thing in terms of the defensive line, at least in our league. Mm-hmm. And year in and year out, that's what separates the, in, in my mind anyway, that's, that's always, or at least oftentimes, the separator uh, between the good teams and the great teams. Um, you know, again, I, I think that when they line up their first unit, I think they can line up with anybody in our league, and, and that includes the big boys. I think when you get beyond that, you know, you're going to have to have some players step up. I'm anxious to see Terry Hampton play, um, transfer from ASU. I, I, I think he's going to end up um, being a plugger, if you want to use that term. And um, he's going to push Nichols. I mean, Nichols is the leader of that group, and you want your leader being pushed. Uh, and, 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 you know, Hampton's going to play it sounds like miller's getting healthy now i've always wondered about him i mean he's a big guy and um you know jackson i mean jackson can run and the kid from georgia tech's pretty good so i I don't think they're devoid of possibilities there i i just think that you know and again fortunately they a lot of guys can play different positions and uh, at least on the line of scrimmage and you know, nobody's talking about Jashad Stewart, kid from Jonesboro, who's, who's apparently won the job. Yeah. So, you know, and, and and what that tells me is that you've got real player development going on there. you got real coaching going on there. you got guys who came in. They were down at the bottom of the depth chart. Two or three years later, they're up at the top. Um, you know, that tells me there's development going on, and that's why – even with a lot of the players who have not gotten as much game time maybe as some of the others, um, they'll be ready to go. They'll be ready to go. and um, Again, most everybody who's talking about their team right now is wondering if the defensive line's going to hold up.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I just – I wonder about the practice. You know, they've had a lot of guys like Campbell, and, and and you mentioned uh, Marcus Miller, who's getting back to practice. Are these guys going to, uh, you know, how, how deep do they need to be? What, eight, nine deep probably there for some guys that, because of uh, of injuries, have set out practice. And, you know, will they be ready and conditioned and, and, and full full tilt next Saturday? I think that's one of the things they're going to try to figure out, you know, in the, these practices the next day or two and certainly early next week.
4: I don't, uh, I don't see any real issues there in terms of health. Um, you know, I think they're fine um, in terms of their health. I don't know how much Miller gives them early on, but, um, you know, I think they can win without that. We've not talked about Dorian Gerald a lot. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that's uh, been kind of cursed injury-wise. If he can stay healthy, I mean, Dorian Gerald's a good player, and Dorian Gerald's going to play this year if he stays healthy, and he'll make plays. and. Um, you know, you just look, for example, at at at, at that side right now. You got Stewart, Jackson, Gerald. That's pretty good. You look at the other side: Zach Williams, Jordan Dominic. You got two guys who've played right there. Gregory's good. Gregory's been good from the time he got here. Um, Isaiah Nichols has developed into a legit SEC defensive lineman. They got guys behind him that are pretty good. Um, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't worry about them from a health standpoint at all, um, at least going into the game. I mean, I'm not saying you don't want to lose guys as you go along, but I, I think they're fine health-wise there. I, and they've, they've got some candidates. It's not like they're, you know, they're hoping on some guys. I mean, they've got guys even that won't start that have played a lot and played well.
2: One guy you can take off the depth chart is Taylor Lewis. He has opted to enter the transfer portal. Second player this week, wide receiver, and and Crawford also uh, has entered the transfer portal. Coach was asked about that yesterday, and I thought his response, Chuck, was was interesting and and, and pretty straightforward, as you'd expect when Sam Pittman was asked what he thinks about guys entering the transpo- transfer portal at this point in the year.
5: I feel like if they don't want to be here, they need to get in the portal, and – I have no problem with it. If you don't like it at the University of Arkansas, you need to go someplace else. And that's what the portal's for. And we're not for everybody. I mean, you got to practice and you got to, you know, go to weights. And you got to do, you know, it's hard. If you don't like it, then that's who we are. We're not changing. Then go on the portal. Would I like it to be earlier where we could keep our... Scholarship and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely, because the guys that are on the team are earning their scholarship, but that's the rules. But I really feel that way, and that's anybody. We do our stuff the way we do it, and I think we're more than fair with kids and how we handle them, how we talk to them. And for whatever reason, whether it be depth chart, it's too hard, whatever reason it may be, they choose to go on the portal. We wish them luck and we'll help them. Uh, We're not for everybody, so. That's how I feel about
2: it. You know, if you look down the depth chart, both players that have decided to leave the team and enter the portal were were down the depth chart, and Chuck, it looked like their playing time was questionable at best. Um, I think he was giving some insight to, you know, if you don't, you know, maybe I'm reading into what Coach Pittman's saying, but if you don't get in the weight room and you don't do what's asked of you in this program, that's where your place is going to be on the depth chart.
4: Well, I think people, you know, kind of depends on which chair you sit in. If you're a fan, you say enter the transfer portal. If you're a coach or a player, you say quit. Yeah. And um, you know, that's just uh, that's just the mindset. Neither one of these guys were going to play. I don't know how else to put it. And um, you know, um, it's hard to trash a kid going out the door, and you shouldn't do that. But um, you know, I mean, it is a. And we've talked about it they ask a lot of those players and that's why i have a lot of respect for the ones who were you know particularly the ones that don't play and they're out there going through it every day i, I mean uh, you you know they ask a lot of them and as you say just like anything else i mean it's not for everybody that's why that's why we're yeah. doing radio and not you know not <laughs> not retiring after a career in the nfl or major league baseball because it's not for everybody and it is hard and You know, doesn't make them bad kids. I mean, golly, we all did stupid stuff when we were that age and probably didn't do things the way we ought to all the time. So I'm not going to trash them, but they weren't going to play. They weren't doing what they had to do to play. And when you really break it down, that's,
2: that's how it goes sometimes. And this is why the recruiting process and getting down to the brass tacks and figuring out who your hard workers are going to be, and who who are the gym rats, who love the weight room, who love the film room—all those things are so important. And asking the right questions, and sometimes you still miss because you've got to get the the, the players in that clearly have the work ethic that's going to um, be compatible with your program. And sometimes you sometimes you just uh, you have a misevaluation there. And I think some of that's a a byproduct of COVID when you couldn't be out uh, and evaluate in the way we've always seen it done. Oh, I
4: just think a lot of the time you don't know you get them there.
2: I I, I mean, with some players, you just
4: don't know you get them there. They can, uh, you know, speed, all the physical attributes. A lot of them are gonna, you know, you're gonna say all the right things. Um, You know, coaches spend as much time as they possibly can evaluating guys. And look, let's be honest, there are players, and I'm not saying it was in this instance, with Crawford or, the, or Lewis or, or, or a lot of places. But, you know, I think sometimes, too, players, players get there and, um, you know, you don't spend an abundance of time with them when you recruit them. But sometimes you do have an idea about what you're getting. I mean, you know, hey, we're going to have to stay on this guy. Or a lot of times you know that we're not going to have to say much to this guy. Um, but still – if a guy's good enough, sometimes you take a flyer on him, um, he, even if you've heard those things. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm not saying that happened here. I don't know, but um, really, in reality, I mean, we're talking about a couple of guys who weren't going to play anyway, and um, the timing, you know, the way the portal's set up now. If you don't think you're going to play, you. You pretty much walk away anytime you want. That's what they did.
2: Morning Rush is brought to you by Davis Flooring Center. They're having a huge weekend warehouse blowout starting today at 9 o'clock till 4, tomorrow 10 till 2. Free hot dogs and sodas tomorrow if you stop in at Davis Flooring Center. They're at 9705 Rogers Avenue right before you get into Barling between O'Reilly Auto Parts and Delsal Restaurants. If you're in the River Valley and you need anything that goes on the walls or the floors, they're going to have it. They'll have it on sale, so bring your trucks, bring your trailers. They'll help you load it. they got people to do that pallet after pallet of wood, vinyl, travertine, natural stone, uh, hardwoods, laminates, and all the supplies you need, including mortar, glue, and uh, all the cover bases and everything you need to, uh, to make your floors and your walls look even better. It's all at Davis Flooring Center. Their weekend warehouse blowout 9 to 4 today, 10 to 2 tomorrow. Hot dogs and sodas for free tomorrow. It's all at Davis Floor Centering in fort smith coming up your hog update we'll take a look at uh, how the soccer team did against ou last night in norman uh also courtney difel gets a raise and an extension we'll visit back with that and then uh, our fence man friday picks coming up as well as we got a lot to uh, to look ahead to and a week away we can make we can make it chuck we got we got eight more days Hey, when's the last time you went to the drive-in,
4: Tommy? You know the one twelve drive-ins closing in favor. Yeah,
2: I was gonna they're mention gonna that show too. Show
4: grease and Footloose. Mm-hmm. Starts at eight thirty, and then they're shutting it down. I'm telling you, one twelve is gonna look like the Field of Dreams tonight. And all uh, the uh, all the all the cars are gonna be lined up.
2: I'll be honest, I've never been to a drive-in movie. I've been to
4: the 112, but it's been it's been several years. Yeah, I, I don't even remember the last. I don't even remember what the movie was that night. But it's been several years. But I think anybody that's like been in Fayetteville for a while, you, I mean, you've been to the 112 at some point in time. It, yeah, I anybody, hate to see it go. Yeah, it's going to be one in Marshall and one somewhere else in Arkansas. Going to be the last drive-ins, I yeah. think.
2: I know there's one in Poto as well. So uh, yeah, that's one of the things we we've talked about. Uh, you know, getting the kids to to because. You know, it's such a, a thing of days
3: gone by, so... get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville.
0: Core Jewelry!
1: You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. (laughs)
2: All right, Chuck, let's uh, take a look at the hog headlines before we get to our Fenceman Friday picks. We talked earlier about Courtney Dyfel getting a, uh, after just great back-to-back seasons, she gets a contract uh, extension and a raise, and really the person who's been the architect of this softball program took it from from nothing into what it is and back-to-back Super Regionals being rewarded by Hunter check
4: And she's she's evidently just a relentless recruiter. Um, you know, you've you, you got to go out and get them and, She brings them in from all over. But I said this earlier, um, she's elevating that sport in our state. And uh, she has captured the attention of a lot of young women in our state, giving them hope of playing for the Razorbacks, too. And I think that's exciting.
2: Her new employment agreement will keep her at Arkansas through 2030. Uh, Whole Hog Sports reporting some of the contract details that include uh, extensive retention bonuses and a base salary of three hundred fifty thousand. Contract runs through twenty twenty seven with other uh, extension offers or options on there. In seven seasons, Stifle has orchestrated uh, Arkansas's return to the postseason, leading them to two SEC regular season championships, one SEC tournament crown, five NCAA tournaments. And uh, in uh, six opportunities for the program. Soccer, back at it. Their second game of the year. They had one game lost to DePaul due to um, a COVID situation with DePaul. Arkansas beat Oklahoma last night, Chuck. Six to one, earning their first victory of the season in their second game of the season. It was just the second time in ten lifetime matches that the uh, soccer team has defeated Oklahoma.
4: I guess they lost their first one to St. Louis. Right. And then uh, they got the game with DePaul canceled, so... Sounds like they were really ready to play. bet you practice hadn't been have fun. Even we forgotten about that first loss, they hadn't
2: forgotten about it. I bet you uh, Colby Hell's been reminding them uh, pretty much on the regular. All right, that's your hog update.
3: College football is almost here, and we're helping you get ready as we do every season with Arkansas game day, with a special one to start when Arkansas opens up against Cincinnati Saturday, September the 3rd. Now, we'll get things going at 930 a.m. Here's the deal. Tommy's going to be back in studio. Drew Barrett's going to be at Randall Ford, and I'm going to be at Sassy's Red House on college. Arkansas Game Day is always presented by Bud Light, and Curveball Whiskey is going to be at Sassy's Red House on college. Get ready for the opening game between Arkansas and Cincinnati with Arkansas Game Day. Heard live on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com.
2: Football Friday on the Morning Rush brought to you by Davis Flooring Center. Weekend warehouse blowout going on today from 9 to 4. Tomorrow, 10 to 2. They're at 9705 Rogers Avenue. You want to get by there. We're here on a Friday. We'll tell you more about that coming up. Getting ready for the season, Chuck. We're eight days away. Going to be a, uh, a big weekend, I know, in Fayetteville. Let's look at the weather forecast. I know you probably already have looked at at that. Yesterday there was a chance of, of rain uh in the forecast for next saturday the the forecast i looked at this morning that's been eliminated and temperatures in the mid 80s in fayetteville uh we've all been concerned about how hot it was going to be next saturday looks like it's going to be a, a nice one if the forecast holds true
4: you know right now august is about as good as it can be you know <laughs> okay. i mean uh i mean well june was terrible we're due yeah, we, 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 we were mean, owed we this had the we had August a month or so ago. Yeah. It seems like, and uh, you know that that'll be nice. I I, uh, I hope it turns out that way, be good for the fans, obviously, and uh, be good for the players and everybody.
2: Right now, no uh, rain Monday and Tuesday in Fayetteville, and then next weekend Friday's going to be sunny and eighty-four. Saturday partly cloudy and eighty-four degrees for the high for uh, for that game. So it's going to be. Hey, I can live with that. And because. You know, yesterday or a couple days ago, it looked like 50% chance of rain. I could deal with that in temperatures in the 80s, but we've all uh, kind of uh, sweated it out that we were going to be sweating it out uh, on that day. So it looks like we're going to avoid some of that. Teams trying to get everything ready. I know they've been battling a few, you know, nicks and bruises and trying to practice uh, with some guys missing here lately. We've been looking at the depth chart this morning. One place they've had to kind of work around some stuff has been at wide receiver. Um, something's happened with Hazelwood, but it doesn't sound like it's serious. He just been out for a few practices. So, Keytron Jackson's been in the slot. And here's what Coach said yesterday about kind of where things stand today with the wide receivers.
5: Yesterday was his first day at slot. Pulled him aside and thought he did a really good job there. We had a meeting, you know, uh, just in case – Hazelwood's not able to play who are three top receivers and where do we need to put them to have the most success and Keatron's probably played as much ball as any of them and uh, we know he knows that position so I think we'll be fine there as well but certainly we hope we get Hazelwood back
2: I don't know whether he's going to to be ready to go in a week it didn't sound like anything so serious that he would uh, miss game one but the the thing i take out of that chuck is they've got some depth and some you know more than 3 guys they trust at wide receiver this year and uh, throughout the camp we've heard a lot about Warren Thompson and his improvement and consistency without dropping balls we've heard about Matt Landers and his size and speed package uh, i'm as intrigued to watch these wide receivers work as probably any group
4: well i think the question's going to be in the passing game you know beyond just the receivers the accuracy of kj um, you know, these guys are all going to be big targets. Uh, these are experienced players, guys who've been out there, guys who know how to read defenses too, which the receivers have to do as well. And um, I think it's going to, you know, there's, there's, there's going to have to be a, a comfort level between the quarterbacks and the receivers. And, um, you know, the passing game, a lot of things go into that. But I think the guys that they've got out there, um, I mean, they're worthy of their spots. They're SEC caliber. They're upper half SEC caliber. And, you know, you've, you've, you, you, know, again, the passing game's a lot of different aspects. But I think in terms of the guys that are going to line up to be the pass catchers, I think they're fine.
2: Yeah. And having Keytron in the slot, and I think a lot of people thought Hazelwood would line up wide. He's been in the slot from all the practice periods that we've gotten to see as the media. I think that's interesting. And I think that also tells you, what they, what they think about Warren Thompson and what he can be to this year's team.
4: Well, I think it also speaks to matchups, you know, what you can do with Hazelwood out of that slot. And, uh, um, you know, again, I, I, I think this group's fine. I, I, don't, uh, I don't have any worries that talent's there, certainly among the ones, and I think there's a lot of talent there among the twos. But, um, um, you know, if you're going to have a good passing game, you've got to have good receivers, obviously, and I think they have that. Um, I think now it's you know it's timing it's it's comfort level it's it's the, the the trust level of being able to make a throw and make a catch during the game I think that's going to determine you know we were talking about who the leading guy is going to be I, I I think that's going to be as big a determining factor as anything
2: our morning rush daily question today is which true freshman will have the greatest impact on the season who and why you know, we came at it from the angle, and you, you brought up some great points with the special teams, but, boy, you just look at what we think the depth chart will be at wide receiver. You've got three guys that are true freshmen coming in here with Sam Abake, you've got uh, Quincy McAdoo, and Isaiah Satania that all by maybe November could, could have a, a real impact at wide receiver. Well, maybe.
4: Um, you know, i got to be honest with you, though. If Arkansas is good this year, and I think they will be, um, You don't need to be playing a lot of freshman wideouts. Um, You know, if we get to the point, frankly, where they're playing a lot of freshman wideouts, it means there's a problem. It means the guys that you have brought in that are the veterans that you're counting on for whatever reason, they've either gotten hurt or they've underperformed. So um, all these guys that you're talking about, their time's coming. Uh, Satania may have the best opportunity to help them in special teams. But I do think by and large with this receiver group, um, you know, you, you're going to dance with the veterans. Those are the guys who are either going to take you there or not. Um, some, You know, I think about Bryce Stevens last year. He emerged, earned a little time, but even as well as he was practicing, he didn't earn a huge amount of time. And um, he was as good as any freshman skill player they had last year. So um, these guys' moments will come. But... You know, if you talk about the skill guys, I, I, I think Satania's probably got the potential to impact things in the special teams more than any of the skill guys.
2: Let's look inside. One, one place they're still working through some injuries is the offensive line. We mentioned Hazelwood's injury. Coach talked about both of those things. Brady Latham right now uh, down a little bit, but they're expecting him back. Here was – What coach had to say yesterday about kind of where some things stand with with Brady and that offensive line.
5: I really believe that both of them will be back. I I don't know, feel strongly that they'll be back for the game. I just, I'm not positive the day. Our goal would be to get them back no later than Monday. But, of course, we just got to wait and see on that. But I really think Brady could probably practice right now. We're just trying to buy another 48 hours for him, to be honest with you.
2: You know, one area where probably not going to be much room for any of the underclassmen, and you just look at, you know, that front five who they need to lean on a lot, it's all juniors and seniors. We talked about that yesterday, that, you know, Jones, Latham, Stromberg, Limmer, Wagner, they're all seniors and, and juniors up front. So that's going to be an experienced group, and I think they're just trying to get those guys preserved and, and get to next Saturday.
4: Yeah, I mean, you got to get them all, you know, ready to go in that ball game and have them in your peak spot. These are all all players that are I mean, they know what they can do. They know what they're getting. Um, you know, behind them, you got a lot of young players, but that's what you want. I mean, you want your young players to be behind the veteran guys, um, and so they'll develop. It'll be interesting to see which among the the second five you know play a lot. I mean, I doubt if all five of them play a lot, to be honest with you. Some will play more than others. If you can have two or three that are pretty good then you know you got a chance to you know maybe be a pretty good line overall but um, that front units is i mean they're as good as anybody else out there i think
2: i think they're going to win them some ball games uh, this year they're going to be the reason this team wins some ball games but you mentioned that you know the true freshman maybe not having the impact but you know you look at some of the red shirts uh, a guy like jalen st john a red shirt sophomore who's had another another year in the program red shirt freshman and josh street Who's out there? We think Tyke's Crawford will be the next guy off the bench. I'll be interested to see, you know, if you really kind of zero in in some of those um, line positions. To do, do some of those guys get in in moments when when the other guys, um, you know, maybe can't go for a series or whatever. How do those players that got had played some ball have been there? Um, are those the guys out ahead of uh, of some of the others on the depth chart that really are? True, true freshmen and guys that, you know, guys like an Marion Harris or a guy like a Chambly who's, who's really not had any snaps at this level, that, that's interesting to me to see their development, Chuck, uh, these guys that have had that extra redshirt year.
4: Well, it's time for St. John and Crawford to step up and play. I mean, they've been here a while. It's, it's, it's time for them to step up and play, and I think they will play. Um, you know, Some of the other guys, we're just going to have to see as we go along. Um, Devin Manuel's been a lineman that's been banged up. He's a redshirt freshman. Um, you know, uh, he's a he's one that I think is as he gets healthy and we move through the season, we'll see him play a little more. Hey, Shambly and Harris may earn time too. Um, being a true freshman or even a redshirt freshman, sometimes on that offensive line, when I mean you you know, you've got to prove it in a game situation, and it's hard to take those veterans out. So. Uh, I still think that you know the bulk of the success of that offensive line is going to be based on the results of those veterans, that first unit.
2: When you look over on the other side, on the defensive side of the ball, um, is the strength the linebackers or is the strength the secondary? I don't think many would tell you that the front line has proven to be that, but if you had to pick one level of that defense that, that you say, well, there, there's where it's at. Is it the depth and the experience of Catalan and the guys in the back, or is it Bumper Pool, who may be a uh, – uh, leading tackler uh, in his career. By the time he's done at Arkansas, likely will be. What, which level would you give the nod to in that conversation? Well, I think they're
4: good in the back seven. I mean, I think they're good back there. Um, I, I don't know which of those groups is better. I think the secondary is probably deeper. Um, I think Pooh Paul's going to play a good bit at linebacker. I think Woodard's going to play some. Not really sure beyond that. Um, don't know that they're going to need to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at last year, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll take Andrew Parker as an example, who's gone now. I mean, he was number two on the depth chart all year long, and he, he didn't play very much. And so, um, you know, a lot of it is going to be how you line up. Are you playing with, you know, five or six defensive backs? I mean, how are you – what's the other team doing offensively? Most of the time, I think it's going to be two linebackers, and Paul will play probably the most of the – of the backups, but I think in both those areas, Arkansas is pretty solid. I think like a lot of teams, um, you know, you wonder up front. you got to be able to hold up, but um, guys, I'm going to tell you, Sanders and Poole are,
2: I'd take them up there with anybody. Those are, uh, you know, those are big-time players. Yeah, absolutely. Have you started looking at Cincinnati much? I know you said you are going to spend some time this weekend kind of getting ready for them. One, one of the questions that that coach was asked about yesterday was their quarterback, and they still haven't elected to announce who they'll start. And he kind of went through both of those guys. I think there's probably a lot of a lot of schools out there not wanting to give put all their cards on the table. But um, what do you know right now about Cincinnati?
4: Well, they are going to have a new quarterback. There's no doubt about that. They they've got a guy that transferred in from Eastern Michigan. That's uh, he's an older guy, and you know he obviously thinks that he can do more as a football player in terms of his future at Cincinnati than he was going to do at Eastern Michigan. And he may very well be right. Um, you know, they've got a sophomore that's more of a combo guy. And, um, you know, you always in this situation, when you wonder what somebody's going to do, you always kind of lean toward the veteran guy, but my hunch is based on what they've said. It sounds like we may see both of them. Uh, they've lost a lot of players, but lots of teams lose players and I'm quite certain that they've recruited very well the last few years. It's not like they were a, uh, you know, they just burst upon the national scene. I mean, Cincinnati's had a decent program for a number of years. And, you know, you go way back. They've always been decent, never necessarily great like they've been the last few years. But Luke Fickle's a big-time coach, and they've made a real commitment to football there and And I'm talking about a financial commitment as much as they can in a non power five and um they'll be good they'll be good i'm I'm going watch a lot of their uh they they put a lot of their their uh preseason stuff up on
2: their on their website so I got to get familiar with a lot of these guys to be honest with you. They were thirteen and one a year ago and got pretty well ran off the field by bam in the college football playoff I heard someone trying to make the correlation that you know they're just not equipped and it won't be equipped this year because the belief is while they're still good they're not as good as they were last year that uh, at the line of scrimmage uh, they won't be able to line up with a with an sec team like arkansas who did go toe-to-toe with alabama for a long time in that ball game ultimately fell in that game but i, I think there's some merit in that conversation but i, I really think it's still at halftime chuck we're we're going to see a very tightly contested game and i'll be surprised if either team can pull away by more than maybe two scores 14 points, something like that, when this thing's over.
4: Well, I think Arkansas's offensive line gives them a chance to control some things. Uh, but, you know, Cincinnati's a ranked team. They were 13-1. and one. I don't care how many guys you lose. When you go 13-1, and one, you've got a winning program. You've instilled the expectation that you're going to win. Um, you look at Fickle's background. I mean, this is a guy who's used to being part of big-time football programs that win. And I'm, it's obvious that he's instilled a winning culture there. So, you know, again, they're a ranked team. They were a college football playoff team last year. I would expect it to be a very competitive game. And, and um, you know, crazy things happen in season openers to begin with. But um, Arkansas has got the advantage They've in, in terms of experience and playing at home and, um you know, it's a game where Arkansas does have a chance to control things physically, but I wouldn't look beyond this at
2: all. They like to play a uh, historically a three-three-five defense, put the nickel in there. I'll be interested how they change up some things. If Arkansas, which which I believe they'll test, Arkansas will test the run early. They're going to see if they can get get gash Cincinnati's defense. If they can get first downs on the ground would would be my thought. Um, I'll be interested to see what that chess game looks like there and what they do with their safeties and. And, and, how they, um, and how they want to approach Arkansas next week.
4: You know, when you – and that's a good point. And, and when you look at the guys in the interior, I mean, we've talked about them losing a lot of players, but they're starting a fifth-year senior, a junior, and another senior up front. They're backed up by a junior, a redshirt sophomore, and another junior. They start sophomore, junior, senior at linebacker. They back them up with senior, redshirt, freshman, and fifth-year senior. So, I mean, let's not sit here and act like we're playing a bunch of guys that, you know, were in high school a year ago. Yeah, they lost some skill guys. They lost the guys everybody pays attention to. But you look at them up front. Look at the offensive line. Senior, fifth-year senior, junior, senior senior. I mean, um, we're not talking chopped liver here. I mean, these are guys that have played, too, and they've been part of a lot of winning football games. They won 13 or 14 ball games a year ago. And these, these guys have the expectation of winning. So let's not act like we're playing a team that lost 50 players and, um, you know, all their linemen are gone, and, you know, it's going to be a high school team playing an SEC team. It's not going to be like that at all. Um, you know, they've got experienced players, too. So I sort of think that narrative's a little misguided, to be honest with you.
2: They also have 25, just noticing this note here, about 25 active NFL players. And uh, I kind of tell you that the, the quality their program has been. You compare that to Arkansas, who has 21 active NFL players. That doesn't have much to do with next week other than it tells you They've recruited at a pretty good level for a while if they've got that many players in the, in the pros.
4: Look, football is really important in our state. We're a one-team state, generally speaking. We live and die by the Razorbacks, and we're proud of the football in our state. A lot of great high school teams are going to play tonight. But Ohio is one of the top five or ten football states in our country. Um, you look at the programs within that state, you look at the high school football within that state, the coaches that state's produced, the players that state's produced. And I know they recruit outside of Ohio. But my point is, is football's really important in that state. Um, it's probably, and arguably maybe, the only state in the Big Ten where it's as – I mean, it means more there, too. Yeah. Maybe the only state in the Big Ten, arguably, where it means as much as it does in every state in the SEC. So, um, you know, they fancy – most of their early success as a program came in basketball. But they fancy themselves a football school now. And they got the numbers to back it up over the last few years.
2: Next weekend will be Labor Day weekend. We'll have football back. We'll have that, you know, some will make their le- last trip of the summer to the lake. Pool parties. We'll, we'll have tailgates. A hey, Labor Day weekend has become a traditional time for family and friends to get together. Sadly, it's a deadly time in our state with drunk drivers on the road. It's illegal to drive with a blood alcohol level of .08 or higher. If you do, you're going to get uh, not only taken to jail, but fine. You probably will lose your job in a lot of cases, attorney's fees, uh, court costs. The list goes on and on of things that you're going to have to pay for, including an ignition interlock just to start your car. So think before you drink next weekend when you're going to the game, you're going to the lake, you're going to that party. Uh, think. Think about it and have a plan and think before you drink. This brought to you by the Arkansas State Police Drive Sober or get pulled over i'm ready for the pageantry next week i don't know about you but i don't know if you're a pageantry and tradition guy you're busy worried about other things but but i you know the national anthem i don't care about so much the alma mater because i didn't graduate from there but running through the a all the things that go on on game day you know before the game a lot of times those are the things that still give me goosebumps a little bit i'm looking forward to getting back to some of that
4: You know, I go early enough that um, I can get a pretty good feel of what it's going to be like driving in. And there have been days you drive in, or there are games you drive in, and, you know, you just know. I mean, you know by all the activity that, hey, this is going to be a big day. And there are other days you know that, hey, there's not going to be anybody here. This will be one of those games. It's a 2.30 kickoff. Uh, there'll be people cooking breakfast out there as the sun comes up. I promise you.
2: Yeah, I'm ready for the smell of game day too. That
3: uh, usually yeah. smells oh, like yeah. bacon in the yeah, air a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, you're right.
1: Bud Light Next is available nationwide today. Anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products.
3: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
1: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center.
0: Hey, go-getters, let Noon Sport Hydration Tablets power up your fun and keep you ready to move. Simply drop, dissolve, and enjoy crisp and refreshing flavors like strawberry lemonade or lemon lime. With five essential electrolytes and crafted with clean, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free
1: ingredients, Noon should be your go-to hydration choice. Because when you're hydrated, you can do more, go further, and recover quicker. Shop now on NoonLife.com and get ready for endless fun, because anything can happen after Noon.